Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. Today, I am with Dory Cummings, and I actually got to meet her and her husband in a Bible study group that we belong to. And I knew the minute that I met you, Dory, I was like, who is that woman? I need to get to know her, and she has to be on my podcast. So my dream has come true today, even though you're in Michigan right now, and I'm in Florida, but that's okay, because we get to do this via Zoom, and it's really exciting to be able to share your story. So Dory Elizabeth Cummings, she was raised in a Christian home and has been active in the church all of her life. She's been married for over 30 years and a mother of two. She has a business degree and worked in the marketplace for 30 years as a beauty consultant, fragrance, and spokesmodel for various companies. She and her husband now attend Oakland Church. She started and led the Women's Intercessory Prayer Group at her former home church, Lakeside Assembly of God, from February 2011 to January 2018. When she was called to a different church, she raised up another leader to keep the prayer group going strong till this day. In 2009, Dory founded Women of Value, a nonprofit organization for equipping and inspiring women for the kingdom of God. Presently, the ministry is called Valuable Women Network, and their meetings are held at Macomb Christian Church. The focus for this ministry is, is to bring women of different denominations together and teach the word of God. Dory writes her own teachings and uses keynote presentations for visual learning. Dory visited Israel in November of 2014 and has a great love for Hebrew word studies. Her passion is prayer, the word, encouraging women, and reaching the lost for Jesus Christ. The book she is working on is coming soon, which yeah. excites me, of yeah. course, being an author myself. But wow, there's so many things we could unpack with your story, Dory, but where I want to start right now is the fact that you raised up another leader in your prayer group, because I always tell people to leave places better than you found it and to have no regrets. So whether you feel like you're called to another company or another business, leave the place better than you found it and quit well. So talk about that. What inspired you to do that? What's that untold leadership transformation that you had and why did you do it that way? Because most people just text quit and they just go. And, you know, I was listening to a story about, uh, about a, a player on an NFL team who quit like the, day, the first day of the season. And instead of finishing out the season, he was just like, I'm just going to quit. And he left the whole team there stranded basically. So they had a terrible season which is very interesting story in itself, but talk about why you did it that way. Well, um, I had led the group for seven years and I started it and it was my baby. I love, love, love prayer. I love these women. And um, at that time, I, my husband was decided he wanted to go to another church. He was just ready for change. We've been there for 27 years and he wanted change. So it was very hard for me. So what we started to do is go to other, I went to his church and my, my church continued for a few months because I was asking God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to leave? You, you know, where do you want me to do? So the Lord finally released me at the beginning of the new year. So I kind of just let my, my ladies know quickly. And I basically had to leave quickly. But in the meantime, there was one sweet lady who was on fire for God and was very, very um, faithful to this prayer group. So I kind of contacted her and kind of gave her like, you know, hey, do you want to take this group? Because I'm going to tell the pastor, you know, who my recommendation is. And I did. And it all worked out. And this dear woman is so faithful. And so she is leading the group now to this day. And there was a few years back that I left and it was hard for me because I love, love, love the ladies and I love prayer, but she's doing a great job and she, I'm just proud of her. She's just never thought she would do this, but she's doing it. So praise God. And that's, that's how it is. I mean, your husband is the head of your home. And when he was ready to go, 
I had to really transition and just say, okay, Lord, you know, I had to let it go and move with my husband. So it all worked out. Praise God. Mm, I love what you said, your husband as your head of your home, because I've yeah. been 33 years. And so of course we're in a marriage Bible study group. So I, I wasn't thinking of going here, but the fact that you said it, I think is just really awesome. So talk to the married couples right now, just your opinion on that and what exactly that means. Well, Jesus, um, you know, Jesus is the head of the church. He's the head of my life. But he has orchestrated it that the, the home should be led by the husband. He is the covering over me, the spiritual covering, and he's the head. So I let him be the boss. I let him uh, make the most of the decisions, of course, with, with my input as well. But still, he is the head and he is a spiritual leader. So when he was ready to go, it was hard for me, but I prayed it through and the Lord gave me the release. And so we went together and that's the way the Lord wants us. We're one flesh. That's what the word says. And so you have to realize that, that your husband is the head of the home. So yeah, let's unpack that just a little bit more. The husband is, why do you think that there has to be one basic leader because even though, okay, so I own companies, several companies, of course. And, uh, and so even though I am the leader of the companies, I still am very open to what my staff feels that how the company needs to move. Right. And so same thing as a home. So we think about the husband, but they're still open. I know my husband is still open to what I have to say. We always say he's the head, but I'm the neck, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I can help to uh, change or inflict his mind. But there are moments that I do have to take step back and say, okay, I have to really trust that Brian knows what he's doing and I'm going to let him lead me. I, I remember the year that I decided to take matters in my own hands. And that was when we bought our first salon many years ago. And he told me, I do not feel at peace about this. I don't want to do it. But he backed down and he's like, okay, I'm going to let you do this. Well, lo and behold, we ended up just going down. It was bad. It, financially, it was a bad mistake mm -hmm. for us in so many different aspects. And, and I look back and say, I didn't listen to my husband. And every time that I, that he allowed me to make decisions, because I'm pretty domineering, as you can tell. And so every time that I made decisions and I didn't listen to his wisdom, because he's so wise and I feel like God gives wisdom to the man of the household, right? It's like, it's a gift that he gives the man. And so every time I made that decision, it was always the wrong decision. Mm. And so when I look back, so do you have any specific stories like that, Dory, or what's your thought process on this? Well, my husband is pretty brilliant, like with, um, he's an engineer, but he's a builder. And so he's been great in the financial um, aspect of our home and our, our, just our finances. So I have learned to trust him. And yes, there's been times we disagree. Absolutely. We always have something that we're not one, you know, in the um, same path or the same um, perspective. But I have learned, I just, I really have kept my mouth shut a lot because I've learned that he is truly wise and I just let him lead. And we're supposed to let him lead. He's the man of the house. So I have done that and I'm thankful for that. And he's always let us, you know, pretty much want pretty much. He's always made the best decisions for our home and our future and our finances. And I've learned to trust him. I've been married 30 years. And so, you know, thank God. And it hasn't always been easy. No marriage is, is trying, you know, but, um, I've learned, I've learned a lot of times just to keep my mouth shut and pray. I pray, pray, pray for my husband. And so the more you pray for your husband, the more he will have the wisdom of God. That's what we have to do is pray for our husbands. Yes. Wow. Okay. So I actually, I was thinking I was going to go down a different route of what I was going to call this after reading your bio, but I decided today to call it be a leader. Hmm. And the reason why I'm calling that because you are an incredible leader and, and obviously you're leading 
a nonprofit, which we're gonna jump into that here in a moment, because I feel the best leaders are those that are founders of nonprofits. And I'll tell you why in a moment, but to be a leader, first and foremost, you have to be led. You have to be obedient to the people above you. Okay. And so when I think about this as a business owner, I'm a franchise owner. And so the franchise is led by the franchise owners, correct? Mm -hmm. And so there's so many times that I've wanted to go my own route, right? And I've thought, I can't believe they're doing it this way. And so, but then I get, you know, in front of them and I ask them why. Why are you doing things this way? Can you please explain them to me? You know, I think of my husband, same thing. Why are you doing it this way? Please explain it to me because I don't understand. I feel like, so I think that's important to be a follower, but also to find out why so you can truly, truly buy into it. It's kind of part of that obedience factor as well yeah. too, right? To right. be a great leader, you have to be a great follower first. Right. Follower. We call it followship. <laughs> it's so important. And then the second one, I love what you said. So step one is to be led. Step two is to build trust. Okay. So that's really powerful because when we think about marriage or business, no matter, because I believe leadership starts at home, right? Yes. And so, but you have to build trust. And I have to tell you, just by me uh, really challenging my leaders and saying, why are you doing it this way? Because I feel like it should be that way because I feel like you should speak up as a leader. If you feel something, then say so. Speak up. I try to train my whole staff to always speak up, right? Because you have a voice and you need to use it and you have a gift. And so use those gifts. And so, but by me bringing it to them and having a good conversation with it, and sometimes it's been tears. And I'm telling you, a lot of tears with both of my leaders and our companies. And, and I remember thinking, I cannot believe that I'm going through this. There's so many tears, but I just trusted that they were right. And it helped me to build that trust. How have you specifically, Dory, been able to build trust with your husband and with people around you? Hmm. Well, my first thought is you have to trust in the Lord. That's just my first thought. And I'm a prayer person. I've been a woman of God all my life. And of course, I've grown to be a better woman of God as, you know, you get older, you get wiser. And he's got my back and he's leading me because I, I'm a believer, I'm spirit-filled, and I believe the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. So um, that's the biggest thing. I think I really had to learn to trust the Lord before I even trust my husband or friends or anything else. Because we know man can disappoint us, but God never disappoints. God is faithful. So that's what I had to learn first in my walk with the Lord and just doing ministry. I've been called to ministry and I've had to learn just to trust the Lord in all these situations. So um, yes, I do trust my husband because he's brilliant in finance and all the other things. But I trust the Lord for everyday decisions and everything I do in my ministry because it's all about him. Mm. I, I love that so much because when it's all said and done, this life is not, we're not going to be going with our husbands to heaven, right? Yes. Or with our people to heaven. We're going to be alone. It's just going to be us and God. And sometimes in the middle of the night, Dory, when I'm alone and it's just me and God and his presence, I'm like, wow, this is kind of scary at first. But at the same time, it's when you it, talk about how you get into God's presence and that you are filled, because you said Holy Spirit filled, mm -hmm. talk about to someone that doesn't understand that verbiage, that verbiology, what that really means to you. Because last night it was, I couldn't sleep. And I was like, I felt like God was just calling me to go into the next room and turn on my meditation app. It's called Abide, A-B-I-D-E. And basically it's uh, this woman, she reads scripture to you and she prays over you. And nice. it's, it's a beautiful meditation app. And uh, within 20 minutes, I was sound asleep, you know, and I didn't wake up until my alarm went off. And I was like, whoa, I thought I was just listening to that, to that meditation app. But it was so cool because at first I had like this fear come over me 
And it was like, wow, I'm going to go into, like, I'm going to die alone with just mm -hmm. me and God. And he's like, no, I'm here for you right mm -hmm. here in this moment. And just hearing that prayer over me just gave me so much peace, right? And he mm -hmm. truly is my refuge. And I think about that. And so you're right. Like the only thing we can really trust in is God. Right. Like you can't trust a man. People are going to let us down, period. Right. Right. So it's like, talk about that. Like, what is that like for you? And what does that mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to get that foundation with him? Well, because I'm a student of the word and I constantly I'm in the word and I meditate on the word. And every day it's all about prayer in the word. I wake up and I do my coffee with my Bible and I pray and I pray in the spirit. I sing in the spirit. To me, if you don't get into God's presence and get connected spiritually every day, it's hard. It's hard to go through battles and things that are thrown at you. And I have peace. I have joy. Thank you, Jesus. And it's all because of him. Five minutes before I got on the call with you, my uh, COO of my company, he said to me, are you sitting down? And I'm like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I got to get on the podcast. <laughs> and so immediately I kind of felt like the Holy Spirit just nudged me and say, it's going to be okay. Mm. Like I got this. Like, yes. he, like at one time I would have crumbled with that information he just gave me, but he's been preparing me for this moment. And I believe that God will prepare you for the moments. And I love that you said that you have to be a student of the word. Oh, and yeah. because I put that down as number four, I'll tell you what number three is in a moment, but on number four, this is so ironic. And I have a private Facebook page that people can be a part of. It's called Be Amazing. And this morning, this is what God led me to write. He wrote, uh, God does not call us to small thinking. Small thinking results from a lack of exposure to the word and a lack of ownership of the word. To today, let the word of God speak possibility and limitlessness over you. Mm. And so that was a little something that I had wrote. And, and it's so cool because I know for a fact that if I don't get into God's word every single morning, my day is going to be a wreck. Mm. And so I will do everything I can. If, even if it's just for 10 minutes, most of the time I'll spend, you know, a good hour uh, reading his word. But even if it's just for 10 minutes, I have to do it. And I make it, I make it a habit throughout the day, especially when I'm starting to feel that anxiety and just get mm. there's something. And we know that God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword. And what that just means is that it's going to penetrate the bones and marrows when you read it for the people that read it. And it actually changes your life. It causes miracles to happen in your life. And so I put that actually for number four, uh, but I wrote number three is to pray for your leaders. And mm. One of my mantras, Dory, the past couple of years is called, is pray, don't say. And I was just sharing with my salon team yesterday, we do this uh, mastermind together. It's a leadership mastermind. And I was just telling them that it shifted my life. It's, caught, it's kept me from gossiping about mm -hmm. people. It's kept me from so much uh, trials and, and horrible things happening in my life. Just the mere fact that if I see something, whether it's my husband or my children or anyone on my staff, it's like, I'm just going to pray for them. It's the mm -hmm. president of the United States. I'm going to start, I'm going to stop and pray. I'm not going to post something bad about my politicians on Facebook or right. whoever it is. I'm just going to pray for them. Yes. Right. Don't say, right. So how is that for you? So pray for your leaders, pray for your husband. How's that been for you? How have you been able to make that a habit in your life? Well, it's been my love prayer. <laughs> and, um, because of the things I've been through, um, in with my children and then the, the bad years I went through with my children because of teenage stuff affected my marriage and all of these things. So we know the enemy's out to kill, steal, and destroy, our families especially. So prayer's been just priority to me. I mean, I can't start my day without pleading the blood of Jesus over my family, protection, um, you know, all of these things because the enemy wants to take our kids out. And so as a woman of God 
as a parent, we could prophesy over our children and I do it constantly. So prayer has been um, such, um, it's been my, uh, my sword. It's like, you know, we had the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith and all the armor of God that we could put on daily. It is so important. And even if you don't um, have a group to pray with, you need to have a prayer partner. I encourage everyone to have a prayer partner. So someone who believes in the Lord the way you do, to call them, agree with them. I have a few prayer partners. And thank God, my mother, who was a godly intercessor when she was alive, she was my best prayer partner. We called each other every day and she was the light in my life and my encourager. So when she passed away, it was very hard for me, but I have found other friends and I pray constantly on the phone with people because it's the touching and agreement. We have power and agreement. So we have to remember that we need to come in agreement with another believer. It's very important. I love that. So I love that you said prayer is my sword. Yes. Prayer is your sword. Yes. I love that. And, and the fact that it came from adversity and yes. because of everything you've gone through and, and the fact that you said the enemy wants to destroy our family, I believe that's the biggest battle we have going on right now in our country. And I hear so many stories of my students, uh, just people all, all around me saying how angry they are at their parents, yes. how angry they are about their childhood how angry they are about their boss, how they're so angry, right? And, but they don't see that that is a strategy of the enemy. Yes. Strategy. And so that anger, and so the way that you combated the anger is through prayer. So talk about that a little bit more. What's that untold story of transformation for you, Dory? Well, first of all, if you have anger, you need to let it go because if there's unforgiveness in your heart toward anyone, even if you were the victim and they were awful to you, you have got to come to a place of forgiveness and letting it go because the word of God says, if you cannot forgive, your heavenly father will not forgive you. And so we are all sinners. We are all, um, we are just all a work in progress. None of us are perfect. We need to repent daily if there's any unforgiveness or anger in our hearts. But um, in my season, uh, Tina, that really brought me to my knees and ended up turning me into an intercessor, a prayer warrior, it turned me into someone who was um, wanting to help other women in ministry, was because I went through this awful season with my daughter and she drove me to my knees. She was a rebellious teenager and she was just going the wrong way. And we, I brought her upright, brought her up in the church, all of that good stuff. And she was turning her heart and her back toward me um, and God, especially. She was not acting right. So it was just one of the hardest seasons for me, for a mother. Everyone who knows when you have a child and they're not doing good, it's enough to kill you. So mm -hmm. I had to combat with prayer. So um, praise be to God, though. <laughs> she has turned out so beautifully. And it didn't happen overnight. So I'm not going to tell you that it did. It took a few years for my daughter to come through all that and learn and get back on track. And she did. And she is such a beautiful, beautiful soul. I'm so proud of her. So successful. And she loves the Lord. And she's a good girl. So praise God. So we have to remember that when our children are under attack and Satan's trying to take them out, the best thing you could do is continue to prophesy over them that they will turn out good. My children will serve the Lord and um, continue to love them. Love them no matter what, unconditional love, and pray for them because that is where the father's heart, the mother's heart, that's what God is. God is love. And no matter what you do, how far you run from God, he still loves you. So we have to do the same for our children. We have to love unconditionally and keep praying. And God does answer prayer. <laughs> yes, the power of prayer. Yes. Just to hear that story, because I know there's so many people out there that are really struggling with their kids and they're yes. just 
perplexed. They don't know what to do. And you know what? But you may not know what to do, but God does. Just get on your knees like Dory did. Just get on your knees. And and I, I understand exactly what you're going through. It's like a constant battle of always, always praying for our kids because enemies always attacking our families. Yes. No what? So, okay. So first of all, step one to be a leader, you got to be led. You got to be a follower. Two, you have to build trust. Three, pray for your leaders. Four, be a student of the word. Five, allow God to fight our battles because guess what? We will have battles. Oh yes. <laughs> <And> what? <laughs> we live in a fallen world, right? And yeah. so for sure we're gonna have battles. Just just expect that they're gonna happen. I love that you said be a forgiver. Mm -hmm. And my book, Be Amazing, I talk about that because I knew the minute that I decided to live a lifestyle of forgiveness, being a business owner, you really have to live a lifestyle of forgiveness because people mm -hmm. are always going to do things that upset you. They're always going to, yeah, I have a lot of uh, text quitters, right? People yeah. that walk away from their job or whatever might happen, right? And, but forgiveness is the key to being free, period. Mm -hmm. And so just like really, really living that lifestyle forgiveness. And, and that's so hard. And, and I feel like right now someone's listening and saying, Tina, you don't understand. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what they did to me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Talk to them right now. Just like really speak to them, calm their hearts over this, because if they can just be obedient in this area, I feel like their life is going to make a shift today. The biggest way um, the enemy can mess with us besides trying to kill, steal, and destroy our family is to get us offended. Yeah. Being offended or hurt or you know angry at someone, that is the best way the enemy can tie us up. It's like it, it, it keeps you from moving forward. It keeps you from having peace and joy. That offense can get you and make you sick as well, unhealthy. You have got to learn not to be offended because God wants you to be free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. We just got to remember that. <laughs> That's such a good word, Dory. Wow. Live unoffended. Yes. The best way the enemy destroys us is to be offended. Yes. It's so true. And, and I talked to so many people, they just get so offended and you have to be able to let that go. And it, it just binds you up. And I love that you said, get counseling, get therapy, whatever it takes to live unoffended. And, and I decided a long time ago, one of my mantras is I'm going to live a lifestyle of forgiveness. So now it comes so, it's habitual for me, Dory. In the beginning, it was really hard. Yes. But now if somebody does something against me, I'm like, you know what? It's not against me, right? Right. It's against me. I'm living unoffended right now. I'm going to live a lifestyle of forgiveness. What is it that I could do to pray for them, to help them to live into God's purpose? Because that's all I'm here for. I'm in the business of changing lives. This life is not about me. That's right. And this is about me serving people and helping them to live their best life that God designed for them, right? And so I'm going to make a number seven be a unifier because first of all, I love the fact that you own a nonprofit, which is Women of Value, known as Valuable Women's Network. And I love that because one of my steps to success in my book is to understand your value. So I want to talk about that. But I believe the best leaders story are people who run nonprofits. Why? Because people that work for you aren't getting paid. On <laughs> they don't I'm make not pay. even getting paid. <laughs> that's okay. And you don't get paid. No. And so that's what's amazing because how do you get, how do you influence people? And so talk about your foundation. What do you do? And I love the fact I've never heard of this, that you get women together from different denominations. Amen. How cool is that? I just said the other day, we were at a concert and uh, it was at this big uh, arena here, Hertz Arena in Fort Myers, Florida. And I just said to my friend the other day, I said, wouldn't it be cool if we just had one church that all of us went to together in this big arena and just mm. praise the Lord every Sunday. Amen. And I know. And that's what will be in heaven. 
Yes. And so it's just, and so you're, you're that unifier. You're bringing women together. Talk about it. Well, um, like I said, I started this over 10 years ago and, um, we transitioned, changed names and I've been at different churches. So now we are at a church that I don't even go to, but my um, team member goes there. So it's a beautiful thing that they opened the door for us. Praise God. But um, the women I'm teaching now, I, it's basically a Bible study and we incorporate prayer in there as well. But the Bible study is for different faiths. So prior to this, I was teaching mostly women of the Pentecostal faith. Now I'm teaching Catholics and Lutherans and Pentecostals and different, you know, denominations. And I love that because it's, I don't teach doctrine. I just teach the word. And if I can point people to Jesus and let them understand the word a little better, praise God. That's my, my heart. And so um, we get together every Thursday morning for this uh, Bible study and it's growing and it's a beautiful thing. And then we try to do some night events, which are sporadic, not as often, but we do night events. And this one coming up, we're going to be raising money for an orphanage in Haiti, praise God. So um, my heart, like I said, is I just want to teach people the word. And I do a visual presentation because I love visual. I like to see it on screen with the scriptures and all that. So I I do that. And um, the Lord's really using me in this area and I love it. And no, I'm not really making money, but that's okay. Cause one day it'll come. I'm not worried about that. I just know when this ministry grows, we'll be going to bigger places and all of that. And it'll come when it's God's timing. But right now my focus is, like I said, is just teaching women, women who have to understand who they are in Christ and the word of God to understand it better. That's what we're supposed to do is make disciples of all nations and go ye into all the world. So that's, that's my goal. (laughs) I think it's so cool. Just the fact that you have all these women from different denominations. Again, I think that because we're all valuable, right? You were born on this earth. You are valuable, right? We are. (laughs) Why did you call it Valuable Women's Network? Um, Well, originally it was Women of Value. I think at that time I was struggling personally because like I said, my kids weren't doing right and it affected my marriage and just everything. And I just knew that I had a heart to help other women because I've been through a lot of stuff. And hey, women are valuable. And I knew my value was through Christ. I mean, I knew that. And even if I didn't feel valuable to my family at the time, you know how we go through seasons, but I knew that the Lord saw me as valuable. So that's what I wanted to to help other women to see their value. (laughs) <laughs> That's so cool. And, you know, as a leader, we have to be a unifier. And I think about all the yes. companies that I have, right? And so I'm diversified. And so I always let my staff know, listen, we don't have to really like each other, but we're called to love each other. Amen. We're called to honor people and honor people where they're at and stop trying to mold people and make people the way they are. And this day and age right now, we've got such a segregated society of like, okay, we got these Republicans, we got Democrats, we got whatever, right? No, be a unifier, be a unifier. And that's what you've done. Like you're spreading that message, that good news. Like let's all come together in one place. Let's stop segregating ourselves. You know, you look at all the different churches Mm -hmm. that are standing. It's like, no, stop this madness. That's why I love concerts because it's so beautiful to watch. We, we just saw mercy me. I love them. Yeah. together, you know, praising the Lord, you know, people standing, you know, every single person of all faith standing and just praising God. I just think it's so beautiful. And so what else I put was number eight, I said, do what you love and the money will come. That's exactly what I'm doing. (laughs) And I've been in the beauty business for many, many years. You know, I'm licensed and I did the hair, the makeup, uh, skincare. I did fragrance modeling, spokes modeling. I did all that. And it was great. And it was something I wanted to do when I was young. And and now that I'm middle-aged, I just, my heart is all about the beauty of the Lord and, and, and teaching women the beauty of the Lord, which is the word of God. And so that's my new mission. And I still dabble in, you know, working part-time here and there, freelancing. And I love makeup. It's all good. But 
like I said, I really want the women to know their beauty is um, spiritual beauty and the Lord. And so that's my, that's my goal. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. Beauty inside out. I yeah. love that. And it's so true because I remember the very first 10 years that I was in my company. It's funny, yours is uh, 10 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first 10 years, I did not collect a paycheck at all. The first 10 yeah. years. I, I feel you. <laughs> I didn't care. I did not care. It, yeah. it was an issue. And I remember when my partner said, hey, by the way, you're able to get a salary when we open our second business. I'm like, I am? <laughs> you know, right. so honestly every time like I just got paid yesterday for a speaking event that we did online and I wasn't expecting that you wow. know and I wasn't and it was just amazing how God just blessed me with that moment because yeah. I just I'm just doing what I love like this is what I'm purposed to do and right. how do you know that like you have to know that you're purposed to do it because you can't wait to get up in the morning and just go and do it right so to be a leader you have to do what you love <laughs> you I agree purpose to do it that's your purpose so I've made that number eight uh, so let's talk about be a leader so what would what do you think is two more let's do two more to be a leader I said number one be led to build trust Three, pray for your leaders. Four, be a student of the word. By the way, adding on to that, I love the John Maxwell Bible because he has taken everything from scripture and that's how he's written all of his leadership books. He said mm -hmm. that there's not one leadership book that he has that isn't taken from scripture, right? Awesome. Because God's foundation is the best foundation. Number five, allow good to fight. Allow God to fight our battles because we will have battles. Oh, yeah. Six, be a forgiver. We talked about that. Live unoffended. Number seven, be a unifier. Honor people. Number eight, do what you love. The money will come. What am I missing to be a leader hmm. in today's world? Well, you have to love people, number one. And um, to have compassion. And, you know, everyone's in a different place. We're, we're all, not all in the same place, and especially in our Christian walk. No one's in the same place. So we have to be respectful of someone who's not in the same place that you are. And so being a leader to women who are at different places and they're in different faiths and different denominations, I am not the type of person who I'm not judgmental. I'm not controlling. I'm not, you know, I'm just a real easy going. I'm a free spirit type of girl. So I don't get all flustered if someone doesn't tr truly believe the way I believe and has a different view, a different perspective. It's okay, because God, God is the author and finisher of your faith. He has written the word. I haven't. So it's like it'll be in God's timing when people reach their spiritual goals or whatever. It's not in our timing. And so we're just supposed to plant the seeds. And it says in the word, we plant the seeds, someone else waters, but God brings the increase. So it's, it's a journey, spiritual journey. Life is a journey, right? We live and learn. And, and so we have to just continue to, if, if you're a believer, you need to continue to just point people to Jesus and share Jesus and your testimony is powerful and we have to know that God works all things together for good for those who love the Lord are called according to his purpose. Amen. I love that. Okay, so I wrote that as number 9, love people, have compassion, honor people's journeys. I love that you said that because our number one value in our salons is love. Yes. And you must love people period so the first thing i look at when we're hiring people is do they really love people how, how do you find out is how do they treat people yes, yes. And, you know one of the ways that i actually kind of judge that uh, to be honest with you dory is i kind of ask them what's your relationship like with your parents mm, they're going to have a good relationship with their parents they're most likely not going to have a good relationship with you it's going to be an uphill battle <laughs> with yeah. them right and right. so that's one of the ways and so for you, it, you know, it took me a long time to have compassion for people and to love people. And the reason was, is because I didn't first love myself. And mm. even though I was a Christian at the time, it was like, I still wasn't believing God's word over me that I was mm. valuable. Yes. I wasn't believing like, no, you don't really love me. Like I was kind of going through the motions and I feel like there's 
a lot of Christians out there that just kind of go through the motions through mm -hmm. life, you know? And so what was that for you? What was that untold transformation for you, Dory, to realize like, this is why I have to love people? Well, I'm the type of personality I am. I'm like I said, I'm a free spirit. So love has never been an issue for me, but you know, I've had a lot of family members and people I know that struggle with their own identity because if you don't love yourself, you are not gonna love others or treat people right. And that is the truth. So if someone has an issues with treating people badly and just unkindness and all of that, it's usually because of their own insecurity. And if they're insecure in themselves and don't love themselves, they're not gonna know how to love others. And so that's a biggie. So that's one issue I've never truly had to deal with in my own personal life, but I've had to deal with, with other people. So it's very important to have, yes, love and respect and honor to others because um, that, that inside of you, if you are struggling with love and not loving yourself, not loving God and not loving who you are, you truly are not going to be a good friend to someone else or whatever, a husband, wife to someone else. It's very important that you get the love thing right. So I, I would advise anyone to just love themselves first as well as God. That's number one priority in anyone's life. I love that you said that, Dory, because to be a leader, we have to love people, first of all. And oh, to yeah. be led, we have to love people. And to grow in your company, you have to love people. I believe the greatest crisis we have right now in our country is an identity crisis. And yes. really knowing whose they are. And I've been talking about this over and over and over again, but that happened with my own transformation that I have. And it's a constant, like, who are you, Tina? Like, who really are you? And just sitting down alone and just say, who are you? Yeah. Who are you? And really identifying that. And I love what you said, because if you find yourself gossiping about other people, unforgiveness of other people, I believe you have an identity crisis and you have to go back and say, wait, who are you? Whose are you? What was your purpose for even being born? Like, step back, stop stop the madness, right? Stop the hate. What are you posting on social media? And, and, you know, I, I pray for people when I see someone post something that's negative and yeah. I pray for them because I'm like, you know what? I believe they have an identity crisis right now, Lord. And I just ask that you just reveal to them who they really are right now. And that's all I can do. I don't get mad. I, I get sad. Right. And you just pray for them. And so you got to love people. I put number 10, I love, be a free spirit. And, and I love that you said that because don't be judgmental. And I tell you, I do struggle with this sometimes and I have to like stop, but I love that you said be a free spirit. Would you share with us how you became that free spirit and, and like nudge people right now, nudge me, coach me how to be a free spirit and not to be judgmental. I like to dream with God. I like to use my imagination and be free. I'm not going to, um, in any religious, because I'm a Bible type speaker, teacher, I am not going to get set up in religious spirits and all of that. I'm just not. I know about it. I, I sense it. I have the discernment on what a religious spirit is. And I'm not going there because I, it saddens me and I see it in these days that the body of Christ is attacking each other. They're attacking each other over the music, over this, over that. They're trying to find fault in women preachers or men, you know. And sometimes it's legitimate, yes. But you know what? Sometimes it's just like, oh, my goodness. Can we just love each other? And yeah, they may not be 100% accurate in their beliefs or their teaching, but you know what? If they believe in Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, has resurrected, he sits on the right hand of the Father, and through Jesus, we have salvation in eternity. If we get that right, then that's what really matters. It's all about Jesus. So that's, that saddens me to see other uh, denominations and leaders and all that 
um, just nitpicking each other. And, and it's not right. That's not how God wants it to be. We are supposed to be as one. And John 17, that was his prayer before he went to the cross. He prayed for the, for the uh, unity of the Father, the Son, the Spirit, and the people that we would all be as one. So that's my calling. I love to bring people together as one in the Spirit in God, in Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. Dory, that is so beautiful. I, I was th thinking about Joseph because Joseph was a dreamer and yes. my says the same thing about me that I'm kind of like a Joseph. I'm always dreaming. I have vision boards. I have dream boards. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I had to like really coach myself for that. I was encouraged through different coaches to do that because oh, it was a long time ago that I didn't have dream boards. I wasn't even thinking. I was just kind of like nine to five, you know, getting yeah. up and going to bed, you know, and, yeah. you know, going to work and coming home, you know, right. and just getting coached and, and motivated. Hey, we're all creative. We're all made to be creative. We're all made to be imaginative, right? What you were talking about, be a dreamer, be free. I love what you said. And, and I want to touch a little bit longer. Don't have a religious spirit and you kind of alluded mostly to that, but talk a little bit more about that in case someone may, might have a hidden religious spirit in them right now. A religious spirit is um, a spirit that either is upon you, controls you, but it usually is a controlling type spirit, but it's someone that operates in a judgmental way. They um, are like, whew, oh, you can't do this, or, you know, that person is, has tattoos all over them, or they got piercings all over them. They shouldn't be up on the, on the platform speaking or worshiping. That person's wearing jeans or, you know, whatever. Just things that you can nitpick about somebody or if they don't believe exactly the way you believe, they believe in sprinkling baptism as opposed to immersion baptism or whatever. The bottom line is, <laughs> in the Word of God, it says, whosoever believes on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. It's, so it's your heart. God looks at the heart. So if your heart is right and you love the Lord with all your heart and you have a clean heart, we're supposed to have a, a pure heart and clean hands before we come to his holy hill. Meaning anytime we come into his presence, we have to make sure our own hearts are right. So that's what I always, I'm a big believer on just, yes, there's grace, but you have to be, live a holy and obedient life to the word of God. Not so much your religion, but the word of God. It's simple, really. We just make it complicated. So anybody who has a religious spirit is so worried about uh, so-and-so not looking right, doing right. They say the wrong thing, blah, 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 blah. They're so concerned about that that they miss out on the grace of God, the love of God for each other. We're supposed to, in the body of Christ, be in unity, one in the Holy Spirit. So that's where um, we have to be careful not to get into all that religious doctrine stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, we can, in heaven, there's going to be every tribe, yes. every race, everyone is the, who believes in Jesus and who has entered into the kingdom. We're all going to be one in Christ. We are going to be worshiping the Lord. He's not going to look at religion. He's not going to look at denomination. It's all about your heart. So make sure your heart's right with the Lord. Make sure your heart is right with the Lord. I love and with that. others and with others. Yes. Absolutely. And with others. Yes. yes. Because that actually, if your heart is not right with others, it just means the foundation is cracked. Your heart is not right with God. Correct. Period. Because he can actually help you have a great heart towards others. Yes. And, and so it's amazing, like the more you're in his presence and the more you ask him, he'll actually help you to love the unlovable. Yes. Which is so beautiful. There's so many stories about that in the Bible as yeah. well. And it's so fun because I'm reading a book by John Eldridge. It's called Beautiful Outlaw. Mm -hmm. And it actually gives a whole different view of Jesus. And it started really making me think like what type of man that he really was. And it was, it's a really good book. It's really a deep thinking book. So if you find yourself to be a nitpicker, a criticizer, judgmental, stop 
that means you have a religious spirit. So check mm -hmm. yourself before you wreck yourself, I always say. <laughs> That's a good one. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. I like it. <laughs> and we're supposed yourself. to take the plank out of our own eye before we look at the plank in someone else's, right? right? Amen. And there's so many planks. We all have so many planks, you know? And so just identify those, right? And confess yeah. those to God. So I love this story. Now I know exactly why I love you so much. This was such <laughs> an incredible podcast interview. What last piece of advice do you have and how can people uh, get a hold of you and be involved potentially with your women's network? Well, um, right now we are just, like I said, we're operating out of a local church and I do have um, an email, valuablewomennetwork at gmail.com. So you can um, email me. We have a domain website. We're not there yet. We're going to you know, get the website going eventually, but, um, I'm just a work in progress and I'm just letting the Lord lead me and we are growing. So eventually we will have some more of a platform and we do, we are on Facebook. So if you want to, it's a closed group, but, um, we will be opening it up soon. So if you want to connect with me on Facebook through valuable women network, and um, we're just, you know, one step at a time, just trying to grow and to get where we need to be and get on um, the media platform and all that, which we're working on. So, you know, in God's timing, praise God. I love it. So valuablewomennetwork at gmail.com. Yeah. Love this. What last piece of advice do you have before you go today? Mm, love the Lord with all thine heart, with all the, your soul. Love the Lord and love others. That's what it's really all about, Christianity. You know, we need to love each other and just be an example. We are wonder women of God. The wonder of God is within us. And that's what I'm teaching this um, season through my Bible study. We truly do carry the wonder of God. If you are a spirit-filled believer, there's a wonder within you and it's God. So we need to walk around and be that wonder woman because we are as a wonder to many. That's what the word says. So I love that. Be a wonder woman. And yeah. I, I love that you said that about the greatest commandment that God yeah. gives us because I've been studying that this past mm -hmm. month and just going into it even deeper. Like what does it really mean every single step to love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Like yes. you can go deep into that. And there's so many scriptures that back that up. And it's so, so powerful. So thank you, Dory. You are just absolutely amazing. Thank you for being on the call today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.